Blog Talk Radio. It's Tuesday. It's time for Drive Through HR. And we are live, live from Hire 19, Smart Recruiters event out here in San Francisco. This is Robin, and uh, my co-host Mike is out and about today and so is not on the air. So we are doing a uh, an interesting show here. We're, we're actually going to kind of grab people potentially as they walk through, but we do have one guest lined up, and uh, he's sitting here with me right now. Most people uh, will know him. Most of our listeners will know him. It's Bill Borman. Say hello, Bill. Hi, everybody. And uh, here's a little bit of a story in that um, Bill was actually the second guest ever on Drive Through HR. Yeah, I was supposed to be the first guest, but there was a login difficulty, so I became the second guest. The first guest was Jeff Webb, if anyone remembers that guy. Um, but I was the uh, I, I was the first guest on the show, so it, it's great to be back again. I think this is maybe my sixth or seventh drive through HR and it's a great achievement you'll still put it out there and um, hopefully some people are listening well I, I, I sure hope people are listening and this is going to be really super fun now because we, uh, we're between sessions and we're getting uh, lots of traffic walking by us so not quite sure uh, not quite sure what the sound quality is going to be like but, but we're, we're liking it so um, tell us why, uh, why you're here Bill why are you at uh, Smart Recruiters event so I always like the Smart Recruiters event. I think the first one I came to was about 200. This one's kind of around about 1,000. So, um, and in a great venue down by the water. It's in San Francisco. But I think the, the thing I really enjoy about this event, one is see the evolution of the product. The first time I met Jerome Silicek, he was his office was in a corridor, and he had one employee who was David Sparks doing social media. So I've kind of seen the company grow what it is to enterprise, it goes through funding, see the marketplace, all the things that are going on. Um, so I, I kind of feel, I think you feel attached to those stories when you've been around from the start. So that's good to see. Um, and also there's some really, really good practitioners. I think at vendor events, you don't necessarily get other places. So, you know, Avery Dennison, these are a whole lot of people that I don't necessarily see other things who are here for this event where I'm really interested to see their stories plus Joe Lockwood's big emphasis this year on all kinds of diversity and inclusion like the um, uh, prisoner reform and some areas uh, of uh, trans rights and so on, maybe some areas of, of something that America definitely needs mm-hmm. to have a look at in the current climate, um, you know is looking at genuine diversity and inclusion, so I'm really excited about what the next couple of days have Plus, I've got a debate going on, um, which is between which you're on the panel between practitioners and data scientists about the future of recruitment, which I think is um, going to be interesting. Yeah, I um, I'm going to have to put my thoughts together before we even have that debate, and uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what uh, what side of the fence everybody comes out on on that. Um, it's going to be a good debate. I, we, I know we've got Celinda. Um, on the panel Grant with Weinberg. us, Grant Weinberg. So going to be uh, four data scientists and four of the startups. Yeah, not not rocket scientists, data scientists. Data scientists, data scientists. 
I think there is a rocket scientist in there as well. So I, I think that's kind of a. Um, it, it's going to be a interesting. I mean, my, my theory, I think, when it comes to the vote, because we're using some voting software, um, there's lots of practitioners in the room. So I think the practitioners will win, and the data scientists will have some really good points. And like a lot of these things, the truth and the right way will probably be somewhere in the middle yeah. between the data and tech and the yeah. people, very people-focused to get somewhere in the middle. I always look at it and say, you know, the issue is not to make things more human, but to add more humanity to what we're doing and, and using technology to do that. I like that. I like that. I, um, yeah, you know, I like this event too. I have come now, I think this is my third year, third or fourth year maybe at, at, at this event. And um, I always tell everybody, I've never even been a smart recruiter's customer. Um, but I come to this event every year because they do have such good content and it's a, I like the size of it. It's, um, you know, the right size where you're able to meet and talk to people, um, kind of the ecosystem that, that Jerome has around, around smart recruiters just makes for a really good event. I, I like it. I wish the weather was better because it's rainy and icky. Yeah, it's a fantastic venue, you know, overlooking the river and Alcatraz and stuff would be nice if the sun was shining, but, um, Apart, you know, you can't have everything. Apart from that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of days. I think this whole um, discussion for a lot of people is around actually what we're trying to do is automate as much of the, as many of the tasks. And if we do that, you know, I I look at it. Some of the stuff I'm working on, we can automate about 80% of the tasks that get done and can be automated. Whether it's matching, outreach, finding people, sifting, selection. The big challenge right now is looking at the top of the funnel um, because of the volumes involved. So how do you deal with that in a decent way that offers good candidate experience, very simple, that works for the organization? And how do you take people from um, first stage, how do you take people from that first stage um, down to the first level of the first thing that happens, whether that's an interview or a, um, a video interview, from job discovery in one single movement. So I'm, I'm really excited by the work that's going on there. Just take it up. It's a do yourself. And when we say we're doing this radio show from the cloakroom, we really actually are. So we're just advising people they can hang their coats up. They're offering us money, so I'm taking it. It's kind of cool. You can, you can fund the, the radio show. Today's uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're well, sponsored by Talent Engineering. I'm on royalty. That's the way it goes. So one of the things, so I think, you know, what's interesting is um, when we talk about dealing in, dealing with those tasks at the top of the funnel and automating those sort of inglorious pieces of, of the process. You know, last year, all the talk was around chatbots. Yeah. Well, where 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 is that now? So it's it, it's it's a collective. So it's really about um, the chatbots were never really important. That's a UI issue. That's how you get information, transfer it. What we've learned is you should replace every single form with a chatbot. So it's a big HR thing. It's a much more much easier way to get to the information that you want in the right way and much more engaging for the users. So you know, forget about the recruiting piece. That should be right through HR wherever we have one of the multitude of forms. I think the other part of the conversation is it, it, it's actually quite 
scary for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of fear over um, this is what I do. I mean, you, you know, right? In Lush yeah. Charlie yeah. Parkman says a whole, with no disrespect to others, a whole chunk of people whose job it is, is to do forms and send the emails and um, schedule the diaries and organize that stuff, right? Um, so if we're going to automate all that, I think it's also a scary time for people. Mm-hmm. So it's a time of what are we doing? Are we trying to replace people here, which means we could do it cheaper but not better? Or are we going to use the opportunity to do something better? Which is what I really want to focus on is how do we make this better um, for everyone? Right? And, and how do we, if we take the admin away from you, which is most of your job, and gave you that time back, what would your job look like? And I think from a, when we talk about humanity over human resources, I think. Um, it's back to that thing of um, saying, actually, if you had time to deal with people rather than filling forms and having to do stuff, if you had time to do that, and we're looking at all kinds of things in the chat box, like harassment investigations and that kind of thing, a very um, good way for employees to record information and find out whether it really is an issue without the fear of talking to someone and making it official you know the moment you knock on the hr door you kind of make it official yeah as a as an hr professional you're obliged to act on that on behalf of the company and it kind of sets a whole procedures and quite often what people just want to do is sometimes just get their thoughts documented sometimes that's important later from an evidence point of view right you know if we properly want to understand what's going on and sometimes they just want a bit of guidance of is this okay or how do I do this thing or how do I, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be disappearing. Yeah. How do I book a holiday? You know, the myriad of frequently asked questions you get and all the rest of it, I think we can automate all of that. But at the same time, I think that's scary for people who've worked in HR for a long time to think, well, actually, that's my job. Yeah. So if you're bringing in a robot, an HR robot, is that does that mean... We don't have an HR department anymore. Does that mean we just have one or two people? Or do we actually say, let's refocus on the humanity bit? You know, I think one of the big challenges I think we have in HR is all of the conferences and conversations I've been hearing for a long time is how do I get a seat at the table, et cetera, et cetera. You know, how do I do those things? Um, and you hear all the time, we've got to speak the language of the business, you've got to think in terms of the business, you've got to report metrics, you've got to talk in that kind of thing. And I think we've lost the people in that somewhere. Uh, it's become units and numbers. And um, that's the bit I think we've got to use technology to get back to. If that can deal with them, the groundwork, you know, we're seeing less unionized environments, less people represented. And technology has generally been used against the people rather than for the people. Historically, it's we talk about gig economy uh, the gig economy is 10% of people who want to be gig workers and 90% of people who have to be gig workers because that's zero hours contracts and all that kind of stuff is the only work available and I think our lifestyle choices of convenience and cheap and quick whether it's Uber or Airbnb whatever organisation it is um, has meant that Amazon that, that convenience is delivered at the expense of the millions of people at the bottom of those food chains right, yeah. who are working that thing. So I think we've got to acknowledge that. Something exciting just happened, obviously. I think we've got to acknowledge that and we've got to get back to... Um, we've really got to get back to working with... Uh, really working with people 
and having more time for people and creating more time within HR to support. And I think we, we're seeing lots of other issues, especially, you know, the new generation, if you want to talk about Gen Z and stuff, there's, there's lots of inherent mental health issues coming in, which are going to come into the workplace. There's lots of human level support that's going to be going on. We've got a very changing transitioning workforce in terms of, you know, all of our diversity now means we need to do something with inclusion rather than just survey. So there's so much work yeah. to be done that is human work. I think we need to get focused in on that and let and not be frightened of the technology doing the donkey work. I think that, you know, I look back at um, previous jobs that I've had in HR and um, as the transition became track this, you know, report on this, what measure what you're doing and, and HR went down that path and needed to certainly needed to, to somehow put um, some numbers behind the value of what, of what HR was delivering. But we definitely did see moving out of the human interaction role. And I've always been such an advocate within HR of walking around, talking to people, hanging in the lunchroom, going to the smoking section, whatever, and connecting with individual employees on an individual level. And I think that part of that is getting that humanity, that humanity back, is, yeah. is freeing HR people to do that again. Well, I think that's what we should be doing. Oh, just do it I'll take money, though. We're, uh, we're, we're recording drive through HR in the coat check. Just, uh, in the coat just, uh, just a reminder to everybody, as, as Bill and I are, Helping people put their coats up. And so that's really what we're doing. Because <laughs> that's an HR job, really. Yeah. So I, so I, I think we really need to um, not be frightened of embracing the change. Right? And I think we've got to find it on the, on the right level. So once we've got our head, of, uh, once we've got our head around that, it's now got to be what the real difficulty bit. It's a lot of the stuff we do with HROS. In the community, that everyone should sign up for HRS. It's free. And a lot of it is figuring out this um, what are the practical things that people want. And, and the biggest um, thing we're getting back from people in the HR communities is actually they just want a bit of support, a bit of navigation, but more importantly, they want a bit of support and a bit of um, feel that we're, we're not in this battle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's 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 not a battle alone, it's a battle together to figure out what's the best and I just always come back to the same principle, so let's stop thinking about employees, let's stop thinking about all those things and let's just think about people and how do we provide the best for our people from whatever angle that is. Yesterday we were talking a lot about um, diversity and inclusion, in my opinion we need to do all the work on inclusion and none on the diversity. Diversity is a supply chain issue, it's have we got enough numbers and we've got enough ratios and you know there's, there's some reasons for doing that there's, there's some good thinking behind that unless you have an inclusive department there's no point in hiring more women if you pay them less right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like nuts so or if the opportunity isn't there beyond a certain level you can't get the retention bit right so um i'm very strongly driving towards us looking at this humanity bit. i keep saying humanity again but really looking at it and saying how do we provide a workplace where we'd want to work or we'd want our children to work? 
and be okay, whatever they were doing, whether they were working on a production line or they're a developer. I think we too much of our focus is on this kind of 10% of what we call high performers and essential people mm-hmm. and difficult people to hire. We're forgetting that most of the recruiting and most of the HR is, is at the other end. That's where most most of the people are in the high-volume, manual trade, service industry, retail, whatever it is. That's where most of the people are, and that's where most of the hiring is. Mm-hmm. And that's where most of the HR is in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, more people means more support, more things to deal with. So we also need to focus our some of our attention away from the big, let's be like Netflix or Google or whoever it is, and so, yeah, we can take some little bit of inspiration from that, but that, we need to be like Joe's Bakery or something. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that has always been – you're preaching the choir with me because that is um, – I just um, I just want us to have more conversations. And we've had a lot of them on drive through lately. We've, we've, talked, um, we've talked about hiring – in the service industry the other week with Jamie Griffin was on and, and we talked about restaurants and the volumes of people that come in and how are you, how are you creating that employment experience? Well, let, let, me get, let, me, let, let me give you some numbers. And this is from a recruiting point of view. So I've just completed a white paper for Olio, um, the ATS. Mm-hmm. And we looked across 15 of their key customers. So big blue chip customers um, for graduate positions. So students level entry. Um, 17 million applications wow. received, um, which I looked at, of which 0.25% is hired. 0.25% of 17 million, right? So you do the math itself. I've been HR, I can't do that. You know, that's millions of people who are unsuccessful yeah. Yeah. Right? In, in one way or another. And then when you look at it, you're saying, actually, it's less than... One percent who end up in the funnel in any way. Um, that's got to be wrong. That's got to be wrong either in terms of the attraction or the hope creation or the way. And what I'm seeing is people applying for more jobs than ever before, mm-hmm. um, and investing less time in it. I don't mm-hmm. blame them. They're investing exact. We complain about it as recruiters, but kind of we look at their resume for 25 seconds. Right. So they kind of invest the same amount of time in right. applying. Right. And considering themselves a job. And actually, they're becoming, they're not interested in your brand or any of that stuff that we talk about until after they've applied, if they get a successful response. Because when they're applying to you, they're not expecting to hear from you. Yeah. They're not expecting anything back. So the investment of time in that is quite small. It's based on three or four key factors. When are, when are, at what point in the process are you finding that? the applicant is doing that company research is when they've had a positive response okay right so if i apply to eight companies i'm not going to research eight companies what i'm going to look for is four key things salary location disqualifiers job title it looks about right we're going to apply and i'm probably going to do it on indeed or job board forget this myth of like job boards are dead i'm going to do yeah. high volume job places where the jobs are yeah um, and i'm going to do that and i'm not going to look at glass door i'm not going to do any of that stuff I'm not going to build up any hope of getting a response. But once they get a positive reaction, that's when they go and do their research. watch your video or look at your glass door or do their research. So once, once you're kind of saying it's worth investing the time. Yeah. So I, I think they've been beaten by the process. 
really. You yeah. know, they've been mean by the process, and we've built hiring to be Game of Thrones, so the person who gets hired is the last one alive, not the best qualified candidate. Once we've beaten everyone out of an arduous and painful system. So yeah. I really feel that um, we need to look at how we do that, and making that whole job discovery very honest with people. So it's kind of saying, don't apply for this. That you're not going to be successful because mm-hmm. you don't meet mm-hmm. the basic criteria. So let's give you another opportunity of connecting with us to do something. But don't become an applicant for this job because you're not going to hear from us mm-hmm. because we have to deal with the volume. And I think I saw just the other day, I, I believe it was from the, uh, you know, um, talent board, Candy's research um that yeah, they Kevin, they put some Kevin put Kevin some stuff out the other day. I think that's what I thought. Talking about um, you know still this this fallacy of companies and and the companies they were talking to it was like well how many of you have a you know talent community type of thing and so these are like Fortune 500 companies or whatever and most everybody oh yes we do but then they also admitted. Well, it absolutely serves no purpose. We do not think really it's know. a repository they for they emails. And yeah, they don't really know how to do that. It's a ton of network or yeah. email list of jobs, right? It's an email so, list is, is what it is. We send you jobs. Yeah. So and there we, are people still doing that. Yeah, and conversely, there's some people doing that really well. Okay. There's some people doing that not really well. And there's people understanding that um, actually one of the trends we're seeing, which is a big issue for HR and recruiters in particular, the average length of service with the company is down to about 2.4 years globally. Um, what the net result of that is, is if your company has 500 employees and it's going to be 500 employees at the end of next year, you're not going to experience any growth. You're not right. a hyper-growth startup or something like that. You're going to be doing more hiring this year than did last year. And you're going to be dealing with more exits and more onboarding them. Yeah. There's going to be more work. Yeah. And your headcount probably isn't going to be growing. From the US, somebody talked about something quite interesting yesterday. I thought um, Craig Fisher from Allegis was talking about the fact that um, agreeing with me, like we're seeing more requisitions, more work, but we're not seeing increasing headcounts. If anything, we're seeing decreasing headcount huh. for more work. But we're still running on the hamster wheel. And yeah. Doing all this Which is kind of an indication that something's going to pop in the economy, there's going to be some kind of organisation to feeling um, yeah. it supports services that get cut lean in tough times. Yeah. And, you know, the, you've been through enough in career to say, right, we've just all got to do more with yeah. that. So we're seeing work requirements increasing. And, and equally, um, if we look from an HR perspective, if we're going to go into some kind... I, I think there's other issues. I think the um, political situation... Globally, combined with Facebook, means we have workforces in conflict. <laughs> you know, we have people who, who kind of coexisted for years quite happily dealing with their work stuff, and then you discover they wear a white hood at the weekend, and that creates yeah. the old guy. Yeah. I'm not going to work with this person or that person. So I, I, I think we're seeing a very real political reaction in the workforce that becomes an HR issue. So I, I, there's more of that stuff, disputes, you know, the, the idea of reining back political correctness means it's now okay to upset people by mm-hmm. what you say, to be mm-hmm. insensitive. Mm-hmm. 
and I think, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge for HR folks. Well, anybody, organizational leaders, as we ramp up in the U S you know, next year, really into the whole next election cycle. Well, which is starting already. It started right? already. Started. Right. Um, already but as means, we really get into that. We're already getting the memes floating about. You've yeah. seen how divided they are among people. Yeah. And, and also I think the actual vitriol behind quite a lot of that. Yeah. For people who take a position on something. Yeah. And the real explosion of who's on social media, I, I think noticeably the demographic of who's been on social media over the last two or three years has been becoming a lot older. Yeah. Right? And, and, yeah. and interestingly, that's created more conflict rather than community in, in social places. And so I, I think there's going to be, you know, political diversity is a, is a big thing. It's a big thing you need to be thinking about how you manage that. So I think you're going to be having a lot more of this stuff coming up, right? And I think people are going to be, I think the difference is with this 2020 election, people will out, out of the gate be much more vocal. They already are. And, so they already than, are. Than, than everybody was they, four they, years they ago. They already are. So it, it's already, the language of the election is already abusive. It's yeah. always it's yeah. already indicating people are complete idiots. Yeah. You're a communist if you... You want healthcare? You, you want to invite? Yeah, you want to invite Mexicans over the borders to come and steal all your stuff wherever you are in the country, and you know. So I, I think that whole um, dialogue of conflict and fear, really, um, which cuts the heart of lots of people's insecurities around basic needs for feeling safe and secure, um, that creates with it lots of conflict in your own workplace right? and that's firmly coming to HR's door to the point where you you have to have a policy right how do you deal with conflict yeah. if a democrat won't work with a republican or whatever it is even yeah. though they've been happily tending bar for I had 20 years. um I had um shortly after the last election had uh actually two one was a bartender one was a a cocktail server and yeah. uh, on opposite sides of the political spectrum. And they, uh, I, I can't even remember what happened. It was, you know, post-election, there was some event that happened and they stood on the floor um, in front of, you know, in the customer area and just had it, had at it with each other um, because their emotions were so heated and they were, they had worked together for several years. Yeah. And that, there was something in that moment. Something triggered it, right? Something so that something triggered triggers it. it or something that people yeah. are very yeah. protective or emotional about. So I, I, I'm, I'm our, our issues are becoming more and more polarized, whether it's pro-life, keep your guns, whatever it is. The issues are becoming more polarized and creating more problems. Now, the point of that is, and this is what I talk about, the humanity side, um, and I have to check myself on that sometimes, the humanity side of HR has never been more important because, and this isn't a technology issue, these things. Right. So, you know, I think you've got to buckle down and get yourself, and actually what you want to do is get as much of your stuff automated of the day-to-day grind, emailing, scheduling, get as much of that automated as you can because your workload's going to be going through the roof. Yeah. 
in the next with the, with the political people. cycle. People. Of yeah. people and, all. Yeah. and you've also got going to have like people can't people can't afford to retire. They just die. They just die. So that's a that, that's a pleasant. Um, and, but also they're moment. not going to college and coming in younger, right? You've got you've now got the widest mix of generations in a workforce to manage as well. So, you know, our time needs to be focused on people. Excellent. Well, we're down to, um, we're down to about a minute here on drive through. So uh, again, thanks to our guest, Bill Borman. Let me toss out a thank you to our sponsor Q. Um, and uh, next week, Mike will be back with me on the show. So we uh, will, we'll talk to everybody next week, but before Bill, Heads off, um, I just want to do a little mention. He mentioned it a little bit, um, but uh, we're going to do a little commercial as well for HROS, HR Open Source. We actually had a really good conversation about it yesterday. Um, encourage folks to check it out. It is. And I want to ask you to do something. We, we, we're in charge of community. Well, not in charge of community. We're mobilizing the community and trying to make it happen. Um, we'd like you to tell us what you want that community to be. So please reach out to me or Robin or Chris Long in Australia with a personal message and tell us what you want from the community so we can make sure you're catered for. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Bill. Live from uh, the hiring room. success uh, at the coat room. The coat, we've collected the coat room. while we've been here. Yeah, I've got a couple of tips. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week on The drive Thru. Bye.